Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Although the primary focus of a play date is on young kids, it is a date. And as such, there are some unwritten rules which need to be followed. Some of these are obvious, but others have mom and dads perplexed and puzzled. I'm Christine Gallione, Playdate expert from the Parent Connection, and today we're talking about Playdate etiquette. This is Parent Savers, episode 97. Faster than a speeding toddler. Sit still for just a minute. Can soothe boo-boos with a gentle kiss. Would you get down from there? Able to clean poopy bottoms in a single swipe. Oh, what did you eat? Turning frazzled mommies and daddies into procreators of peace and harmony. Ah, quit touching me. It's Parent Savers, empowering new parents everywhere. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Parent Savers. We're broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Parent Savers is your weekly online, on-the-go support group for parents from the newborn years through kindergarten. Thanks again to all of our loyal listeners who join us week in and week out, and thanks also to those of you who are listening for the first time. As you may know, you can join our Parent Savers Club and receive access to special bonus content after each new show, plus special giveaways and discounts from time to time. And if you haven't already, please make sure to download the free Parent Savers app available in the Android and iTunes marketplace, and you'll automatically have access to all the great parenting advice and conversation we have on Parent Savers every week as soon as the new episode is released every Wednesday ish, usually Wednesday, it'll go right to your phone. So it's great. Or whatever device you listen to that podcast on. Today's topic is plated etiquette. Before we jump into it, let's uh, introduce everyone in the room. We have a couple panelists and of course, producer Aaron with us. As you guys know, my name's Johnner, or maybe you don't know, it's your first time listening. Uh, I have three boys, a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and a two-year-old. And playdates were a huge part of you know of, of our lives for a while, and now it's kind of funny. We I was just talking that in a sense our two year olds playdates are with his brothers now, and we haven't kind of gone through it as much. But definitely with the first two, we went through a lot of playdates. Hi, my name is Heather. I'm 27, and I uh, work for an online high school. I have one son, Lucas, who is only eight and a half months old. So we don't have a whole lot of play dates yet, or what we do are really mom dates where the kids just happen to be there. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure we'll move into more, you know, the kids playing well, as there's they... etiquette. Oh, there's there is. There's etiquette around that, yeah. for sure. Um, hi, I'm Emily Nguyen. I also have three boys. Nice. Um, one who just turned eight, one who's five, and one who's almost two. We're about the same You guys boat. should get together yeah. for some play dates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it'll be a hurricane. <laughs> And I'm Erin Estevez, OG Mamacita, officially geriatric. And I have one boy who's two and a half. And we're not, he doesn't really play with other kids yet. So, But he yeah. is a hurricane in himself. He is a tornado. <laughs> That's right. And Christine, how about you? Um, I have two girls, a three-year-old and a 16-month-old. Nice. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you. 
Here's a question from one of our listeners. Hattie from New Mexico asks us, Hi, I'm a first-time mom with a one-week-old newborn. Is it possible for an infant this young to develop diaper rash? Even if I use ointment with every change to prevent diaper rash, what should I do if my daughter continues to get diaper rash? Hello, Hattie. This is Dr. Tara Zanvliet. Yes, it is definitely possible uh, for your newborn to have a diaper rash in the first week. It's often the time they get the most diaper rashes. Their newborn skin is super sensitive and everything from the diaper, the cream, the wipes, and even their own urine can irritate the skin to the point of seeming like a burn. As they get older, their skin becomes much less sensitive and diaper rash happens less often. So keep the skin clean and dry. Change the diaper often and don't rub a lot with those wipes. It's hard with the thick black meconium at the beginning, but by now it should be easy to gently wipe off the um, stool. Consider using just a soft cloth with water instead of a wipe or use hypoallergenic wipes with aloe. You can use aloe creams, zinc creams like desitin or vitamin creams like A&D. They all help as a barrier between the wetness and the skin. If you use a zinc cream, use the original ones, not the creamies. One favorite where I trained was called Happy Heine, which was a mixture of a zinc cream, an antifungal woman's vaginal cream like Monistat, and Cortade anti-itch cream, which was hydrocortisone 1%, and it was the ointment, not the cream. And we mixed that up in equal parts and put it on at each diaper change, and it worked like a charm. If you continue having problems, then consider changing the diaper brand, even if they're cloth. I hope that helps. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. Let's jump right into the topic. So we kind of touched on it with Heather at eight and a half months old. She hasn't really started. But when do a lot of parents start having play dates? We see most of our requests coming in in kind of two different stages. Um, the first is about the four to six week period where the moms are now kind of comfortable or getting comfortable in their role as mom, but want to get out of the house. Mm -hmm. um, and so they want other moms who are going through a shared experience. Um, and those really are, like you touched upon, uh, mommy dates, and the kids just happen to, to come along. And so um, even as young as a month or two months old, moms are meeting up. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. They're going for walks. They're meeting at someone's house. Um, you know, it's really, it's mommy time. Yeah. Um, and the kids just kind of either lay on the floor or uh, <laughs> we see a lot of uh, moms with strollers just going out for a walk. Right. Um, and so that's when they're that young, it's a mommy date. And uh, the next kind of time we see a lot of requests coming in is when the kids get into that two to three year old age range when they're actually starting to somewhat acknowledge other kids and want to play with other kids. Right. Um, and very recently we've seen a little bit of requests coming in from expecting moms who want kind of a core group of support and friends prior to the baby being born. So they're looking for women who are kind of in the same stage of their pregnancy to share that experience with. So that's we're starting to see that within the last couple of months, actually. It is so nice to meet people that are kind of going through 
the same thing as you kind of at the same time. I mean, it's, I mean, Emily says she has three boys that are almost the same age. So it'd be fun to compare notes and talk. It's great to connect with other people that are going through what it is. So it's interesting the expecting moms are doing it. I think one of the things um, that draws so many mamas in our culture to trying to find a play group is that we don't have in place in our culture what many other cultures do, which is the big extended family, the support network that that is there through the pregnancy and the birth and the shortly after, um, you know, in the newborn stage. And so I think that's I think exactly what that. I was was going to hit on too, in that we don't have that kind of extended community in our living area, you know, close knit to us. Right. So we have to consciously have to reach it. out. Yeah. So did you guys have playdates growing up? Because I don't feel like I did. Uh, it was open the back door and <laughs> right. go kind right. of thing. The <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Like I had playdates with whatever my parents were doing. Yeah. And yeah. Kept my, although I am the youngest of three, so that could factor into it as well. But yeah, I think that it's a pretty recent phenomenon, right? I, I think it is, and I think um, we kind of touched upon it, is we don't have that family community support um, mm-hmm. like you know our moms had. I know my parents live in Massachusetts and Arizona, you know, I don't have them here. I don't have siblings here. I don't have cousins here. Um, back when I was growing up, I had siblings. I had cousins. So those were our play dates. You know, you just got together with family. Um, people don't have that as much. So I think, you know, people are looking for that. And now with all the technology we have, it's so much easier yeah. to coordinate a group of people. Um, you know, we have cell phones. So if you're running a few minutes late, uh, we can get email. There's just so many more ways to communicate that make play dates and and play groups more functional yeah so organizing play dates and i know that that's one of your functions with parent connection um but i mean how does that work with parent connection or maybe if folks that are listening don't live in san diego how are people organizing play dates today if you don't really know anyone how can you start meeting people there's lots of different things you can do you can search your local community for an organization like parent connection that um you know really coordinates uh large groups of people. We have about 100 different um, uh, play groups that vary in location right. and age. Um, and, a lot, and, mo- and a lot of cities will have something like that. They have something similar. Yeah. Um, or, you know, meet up. Meet up um, So check with your, you know, check, you know, basically social media and see if there are groups for... And, and it may not even say play date when the group you're looking for. Like, mm-hmm. I know there's a group out here that we belong to called Family Adventures in Nature. Mm-hmm. And so... It's that's in essence, it is a play date, though. You're getting together with other families and doing these activities. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing, go to places where families hang out and just start talking to people. Yeah. Um, you know, go to the park and strike up the conversation with the mom who's pushing the kid on the swing and, next and to you. And ask them about her kid. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> and, you know, some of it kind of requires you to maybe go out of your comfort zone and start talking to, yeah. to other parents or, you know, strike up a conversation in Starbucks if someone else is in there with a stroller. Um, yeah. And so some of it is you really have to kind of go out and look for it if you don't have an organization that does right. it. But, you know, look for things that your family enjoys doing and then meeting people that way. I think as parents, we really do want to make connections with yeah. others. And so it's interesting. I was going to well, I was going to say that when you posted a question on social media, this is, I mean, we got a great response. It went berserk. I yeah. mean, people just started writing in like mad, all kinds of questions. Um, so what are people asking about? Well, here's one that I think will be nice and short and sweet. And this is from Gina Marsh. Uh, Visiting homes with special diets or allergies. Should you bring a special allergy-friendly snack, ask, or tell a parent not to bring one? 
what and I... So this is getting into the etiquette and the do's and yes, don'ts, which we're going to talk do about. Yes, yeah. Now, if, if you're the parent of a child who has a food allergy, educate the people in your playgroup uh, or on the play date about the allergy, especially with peanut allergies being so prevalent. If yeah. you have a child who has a peanut allergy, let the other moms know. Just say, hey, you know, would it be okay if you don't bring the peanut butter and jelly sandwich to play date today or not bring the, you know, the the crackers and I would hope if you're the you know other parents you would be respectful of that and this is a life you know threatening yeah. illness Situation. for this child and yes it's not convenient if your kid's favorite thing is peanut butter and jelly but they'll be fine with a cheese stick or something else and just be thankful that it's not your child having the life threatening emergency so I think in that case you know just be grateful if you're the parent that it's not a life threatening emergency and it's just an inconvenience it's, it's it's a part of life now is these food allergies and I think even for young kids like three or four it's kind of fun because it kind of tunes them into it um and maybe fun's not the right word but it starts it's it's a teaching moment and they can start kind of learning and they'll get it kind of excited in a weird way about making sure wait does it have peanuts in there because little little Jimmy but what about something like, you know, a vegan or gluten-free that's not necessarily um, life-threatening, but may I think people seem... are totally open to that now. I think that's Cal. I think that's San Diego. Yeah, that's I really true. do. It's, it's you know interesting. What? I was just going to say, this came up for us recently. We had a birthday party for my son, and we had many friends show up who are vegan. And I felt really torn about, you know, he wanted certain things at his party, and I knew that half of our guests weren't going to touch them mm-hmm. if we had them. And so it really was kind of this etiquette question like do I need to cater to every single person who's coming or do they also know that if you make this choice because things like being vegan um, are choice they're not like allergies so I think it depends on the thing too um I don't know the the preference or allergy in question but I feel like if you have a big group of people and this is I guess talking about a pretty big play date or a party Uh a lot of times you would have a vegetarian option but then vegan maybe not so I guess Depends it just boils down to communication. Mm-hmm. I, but I just, think people are totally open to it. Yeah. Yeah. But so what about sizes for playdates? Um, like, is it good for like young babies that maybe you see a lot of moms go one on one? And then do they get really big when they're six months old or year? What, what kind of sizes are you seeing for play for playgroups? Um, playdates. It really depends on a couple of uh, factors. Um, one is the space that you're meeting in. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have a small living room, you're not going to want... 20 moms, um, you know, packing in, um, you know, and usually about, you know, six to to 10 people is a a good size. And people will then break into smaller groups just either based on shared interests or where they're sitting. Um, But if you're going to a park, it doesn't matter if you have two people or or 20 people. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of it is knowing where you're going to be and knowing the size of the group. I know we have a play group right now that there's about 20 people on our roster but any one given day about six people to ten people can make it and so yeah as the kids get bigger and more social the groups tend to to get larger well and too if you're meeting inside there's a lot to consider there's the moms there's the kids there's the diaper bags there's the strollers there's the everybody comes with so much gear that you know you might think oh it's only four people and all of a sudden the space is filled right yeah totally all right, so we're all committed to having playdates. Let's take a quick break and talk about some of the, some more of the etiquette and the do's and don'ts, which I think will be kind of fun to talk about some of the nuance of playdates. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, welcome back, everybody, to Parent Savers. Today, we're talking about play date etiquette with Christine Galeone. Uh, so, uh, play date. We mentioned it in the uh, introduction that there's a, this is a date a lot, in a lot of times. You maybe are getting together with another mom. Moms are asking. Uh, so, you know, if you are like approaching someone at the park, what's a nice? I mean, have you guys done that? Have you approached anyone cold? Or you did you yes. done it online? Or what's a? Or what, like, what do you guys ask? How do you approach other moms? You know, if we're talking and it comes up or we see our kids kind of playing together, say, oh, it looks like they're having fun. Like, oh, l- let me give you my number or. Hey, you know, yeah. you know, now with cell phone, you just call and you have their number saved. Does it feel weird? Do you get like, that <laughs> it's weird? Like a date. Do you get yeah. that weird flutter like you're asking <laughs> someone <laughs> out at all? Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> or what if she doesn't want to give me her number? That's yeah. so awkward. She gave you a fake number. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and that happens, and it's part of life. Um, but you know, I just go up and if you know, if I like the conversation we're having it seems like our kids are getting along yeah i have no problem being like oh let me give you my number or do you want to give me yours and and i think because most parents are looking for a connection they're so relieved that you know someone's reaching out to them so you know and they had it together enough that other people thought that they were a good mom or i know there's a lot of issues with that too i think it depends on which parks or the area that you frequent too because like in downtown uh, i've tried that several times and people look at me like are you who the heck are you really that is interesting yeah so i think it, it has to do with like where you are and the kind of openness or availability of people got it you know, when my oldest was a baby also, we ended up forming several um, playgroups um, that were smaller groups that had formed within classes. Like we did a music class and several of the moms really connected. And so we started mm. meeting once a week or um, I have a friend who did a Gymboree class with her daughter and same thing, like three or four of the moms really connected. Mm. And so I think stepping out and trying some of those classes that are in the community too, a lot of times it's a really natural um, progression. It's kind of like a self-selecting group. Yeah, they're all mm-hmm. looking for some sort of connection. You already know you have some sort of common interests. Right. Yeah, I yeah. made some good friends through like a breastfeeding support mm-hmm. group I was going to. And then, you know, after the group would be like, let's go to lunch. And then get lunch like, let's head over to the park. And yeah. all of a sudden you're on a play date. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, so this happened to us. My wife was at a park and there was another dad there with the kids and they had just moved to town and she struck up a conversation. But he was like, hey, do you guys want to get together sometime for a play date? And, uh, then like got home and talked about it like wait is that weird that like a guy just kind of like asked you but that happens too right i mean we're all well and i think it's important as more and more dads step up to be either the primary caretaker or much more involved than the previous generations that you know those dads want the same you know connection that the moms get the benefit of and if it's truly a play date it's about the kids right exactly um so i think it's important if you get asked from you know a member of the opposite sex about going on a play date you know discuss it with your spouse and make sure they're comfortable um with it you know but keep in mind it really is about the kids and then you know maybe picking a place that's more you know open and you know going to a park public public, yes as opposed to having a a play date at the, the house and 
yeah. until maybe you're you're more comfortable. But and I, I think, think what we did too is like the whole families got together. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. and that's um, we have a play group on on Sundays where it's a family play group, and all the dads come or they come as, as often as, as they can, and you know it's they're enjoying having the the bonding experience and kind of totally. going through the same mm-hmm. things that the moms get to go through. Um, so I think it's a you know if it's handled appropriately, it can be a really great thing. Yeah. All right. So um, back to Facebook, Erin. Okay, so we have um, some kind of touchy questions. Um, one of the first one is from... These are the best. These are the best, <laughs> I know. Well, this is um, from Rachel Keller. So two women chimed in on this one. The first was Rachel Keller, and the second was Nikita Rith. Sorry if I butchered that. Nailed it. So Rachel <laughs> asks, I'd like to let my darling daughter negotiate her own way with toy sharing, turn-taking, etc., but parents often step in and regulate. What do you think is best? And then Nikita chimed in saying that she thinks that it is important for parents to help regulate. Yeah, this is something that like we learned right away on playgroups is sharing and how do you approach sharing? Because there's different ways to approach it. And I mean, that's, you know, you talked about two and three year olds that are ready to play with each other. Until then, they're ready to play with each other's toys, but not necessarily each other. So how do you guys approach sharing? I think a lot of it is looking at the age of the children and are they developmentally capable of sharing? Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them, you know, aren't, and it's just about redirecting to a, a different toy. What's important is what does regulate look like? Um, is it the parent going, nope, this is his or hers? Right. Because um, that's not really regulating, that's taking over. And I think this is an opportunity to teach the both children involved how to handle real life experiences and situations that they're going to encounter as they get older. So giving them the tools to, yeah. to solve the problem themselves saying, okay, it seems like we, we both want this toy. Can you guys come up with a way that you guys can both be happy and, and put them, put it back on the kids and let them figure it out. Cause that's a life skill they're going to need. If we solve the problems for them forever, They'll never leave the house. You know, you're going to be play dates when your kid's 23. <laughs> well, that that um, is the next section of, of Nikita's question, and that's at, like, what age is it not appropriate, or when? what age is it appropriate to allow the children to self-regulate? Well, I mean, yeah, it's... It's I, so personal. I think what's important to keep in mind, like you were saying, is, is um, developmental capacity for for taking perspective and knowing... I mean, being able to get in there and share. I mean, I think we put sharing on one and two-year-olds, and it's not appropriate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think there's this big move for parents to back off, which I think is what this mm-hmm. this mother's asking about, um, and to let children solve their own problems. You know, I look at my eight-year-old, and I think, yes, he does have a much larger capacity to do that than my two-year-old. I would never right. expect my two-year-old to go in and solve their own problems. And what it looks like at two or even five with my five-year-old is – the bigger, stronger person gets what they want, often. That's not children working it out. No. That's not. That requires grown-ups coming in and mediating and scaffolding, where you put build in the supports, like you said, mm-hmm. without solving it for them and allowing room for for them to resolve it. And I Very think well said. grown-ups need to get on the same page with what it is that they're regulating, because there could be different ways that ground rules are set for sharing, um, whether it be, you know, Oh, if he'd like a turn or, it's, oh, it's at your house, be ready to share the toys and you've coached your kids to do that. Or um, like at our kids' preschool, it's, okay, 
we know you want a turn. He's going to use it as long as he wants. And when he's done, you can have it or setting time limits. And so there's a way that I think parents need to kind of communicate how it goes. And in a way, you have to kind of learn the rules of the house or where you are and figure out what the ground rules are. And one more quick piece. I know developmentally, this is my um, area, so I'm always drawn to this, is that um, one of the things that children have to understand before they can share is they have to understand ownership and have a sense of ownership. And so I know when we have people over to our house, I think it's perfectly legitimate to say, if there's anything you're not up for sharing, that's fine, but we need to put it away first. So it can't be out in this space. But they need to know that they have that ownership. And then they're always much more willing as they get a little bigger to, to share it. Yeah. yeah. And I, so I think the prep beforehand, especially if you're hosting a play date, yeah. is really important. What about, though, you know, how do you approach the issue where maybe the ground rules are set, but then you see somebody else's kid, like... Like know, the bigger give, one taking advantage. Yeah, or a smaller one. Like, just give your kid a whack or do something that you as a parent would regulate, but you're here with the other parent right there. I mean, you kind of can't say anything, right? Or how do you deal with it? You know... It's tough. For me, I would then talk about it with my child and just kind of talk about, you know, how are you feeling when this happened, you know, and and see how they respond and maybe give them the tools to, you know, say, you know, I didn't like it when you took my toy or I didn't like it when you did that. And instead of parenting the other child, I'm going to parent my child and give them the tools to kind of work through the situation and maybe they'll handle it differently. And hopefully the other parent will be there. And, and, And the other child, you know, may overhear it or may kind of look at it and go, oh, you know, I didn't get the response. I thought maybe I'll do it differently next time. And so, you know, I think as parents, it's, it is, you know, our responsibility to teach our children how to handle the situation, not yeah. not necessarily teach someone else's um, child how to handle the situation. You know, that is their job and we may not like how they do it, but someone might not like how we're doing our job either. So I think it's important really focus on your child and giving them the tools to handle the situation. Um, And if the other kid learns from that or the other parent says, oh, that was really great how you handled that. Can we talk about it more? Then now you've opened up this learning experience. I just find it interesting because I think it's totally cultural, you know, and growing up in Mexico, it was expected and the norm for other people to reprimand correct or direct children Mm -hmm. you know i can remember so many times as a kid myself doing something probably out of turn or a little more rambunctious than i should have been and a complete stranger looking at me going you know no 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 well right (laughs) i mean it's it's tough and it's something that i think people come down very differently right on this issue uh here i know in our community Mm -hmm. and but we just had a birthday party and, you know, we don't, we have a playhouse kind of in the back and sometimes the kids climb on the roof or if they're coming over and they, cause they have fun on the roof. But when there's like a party situation and there's like 20 kids there, we're like nobody, nobody on the roof. And so the, uh, one of the kids got on the roof and I saw him do it and I didn't say anything. One of your kids? No, one of one of my, one of my friend's kids who normally, if it was just our kids playing and be like, oh, whatever, or get off the roof. Like, um, I didn't say anything. And then I heard him say to his mom, well, Mr. Mr. Johnner saw me and he didn't say anything. And so there's this thing where I think the kids, if they yeah. are doing some behavior, they know is a little rambunctious in your case. And there's another grown up around and they don't say anything I mean, to, to you, to them. You're just another authority figure, a grown up. So I think it's, I, I think you can feel out on a playdate situation kind of where that is. And I know a lot of parents that we've been with have said things like, 
feel free to say whatever you want to my kid like right. that but then others if they don't say it i think you have to be really careful mm-hmm. yeah. and sometimes just having that conversation like it's a date if you're on a date with someone you ask them how, you know what are views on different things you can ask the other person you know yeah. hey you know if this situation occurs you know are you okay with me stepping in do you want to step in do we each take our own and, and see how they want to parent and, and parent as a team you know um you know, we're talking about it takes a whole village, village. to raise a child, and yet then we're like, oh, but I, you know, I'm afraid to have other villagers. Input, yeah. So, right. you know, I think having a conversation and finding out how, how they parent and then telling them how you, you parent and trying to work out something together. And then maybe it's not going to work out and you right. don't have another play date, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> and that happens, for sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so, I mean, do you... You know, it's always nice if you're invited to someone's house or something. Should you always bring a hostess gift on playdates? Is there something? Oh, good question. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Christina would be very proud of me, probably, for asking that. I always bring a 22-ounce of beer. (laughs) (laughs) That's not playdate material. Right. Or really good playing, though. (laughs) Um, I mean, you can offer to, you know, bring a snack or, you know. um, But there's no expectation. I don't think so, um, especially if it, it's, it's just a date. Maybe bring, you know, snacks for your own kids and bring a couple extras in right. case mm-hmm. their kids want it. You know, don't just show up as expecting them to feed yeah. you and, um, Here's you know. the best snack in the world, only for you. Right. Like, yeah, so make sure you share. just have enough to, to share. But, um, you know, usually when you're offering to host the play date, you're kind of, at least I think, oh, okay, well, I'm going to make sure I have a few extra snacks. I'm going to make sure I have some extra stuff for people in case they need it yeah. um, but I wouldn't expect them to, to, have to, to bring it's kind of like hosting a birthday party and expecting people to bring their food like right. you know if you're if you're the host um, unless they're vegan right <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know if you're the host I think that comes with part of um, the responsibility of hosting and then you hope when the other family hosts they return the same same courtesy and you know have stuff do you see any playdate mistakes the parents make or that people call and you think that it's an awkward question? Um, or is that an awkward question? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, sure. It's if people are too demanding or too rigid, um, mm. that never, never goes well, especially when you have a larger group. If you're on a one-on-one play date, um, you know, there's more flexibility because you're only having to coordinate two schedules. Um, but for when we do a big group thing where we're coordinating six or seven schedules there has to be some flexibility built in there and so if someone is is too rigid um and then also the other thing i recommend for people to keep out of larger play groups um unless you have a play group that is focused around a specific belief uh whether it's religious political um even things like breastfeeding keep it on neutral topics um because everyone does it a little bit differently so unless you're specifically in a group for that topic um don't go in preaching yeah to people um because that just never goes well so what do you think heather are you ready to jump into the play dates well i think so it's funny we have um kind of a big change in our family coming up in the next couple months and i'm going to end up at home with him a lot more which is great um but i think i'll probably seek it out a lot more because Mm -hmm. i'm going to be 
home with him and I'm sure the first couple weeks will be great and I'll be like I gotta get out of here so you know at that point I'll, I'll seek it out a lot more and and this is all really good information good things to keep in mind and I think your tip about staying off of controversial topics is really good and even you know like you mentioned breastfeeding I don't think of that as a controversial topic but it's really personal and it's really you know difficult and and hard for some people to talk about one way or the other so yeah, it's good to remember. I will say this about that, too. I, I agree with you guys. I, and I also think that if you're willing to persist and keep looking and you do float some of those things out there, you also have the opportunity to end up with a much more authentic core group. Mm-hmm. Does that right. make sense? So it might feel lonelier at first because you may really have big differences. But um, I know that once we started talking about those things, I was really able or able to filter through kind of who was really more like I was as mm-hmm. a parent. Um, and it's kind of what you're looking for. And I it's kind of what you end up finding, yeah. It's like dating, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like and I said, some people fall away, and that's okay. Yeah, Sometimes yeah, exactly. you don't have a second date. That's some right. people eat the garlic, others don't. You know? <laughs> right. All right, well, I think that was, um, that was it was a fun topic to talk about, Playdate. So thanks so much, everyone, for joining us. Um, thanks, Christine. For more information about Playdate etiquette or more information about any of our panelists, you can visit the episode page on our website. We'll continue the conversation for members of our Parent Savers Club after the show. We're actually going to talk a little bit about um, some of the lifelong benefits of Playdates. And for those of us who have had them uh, before, like some of the connections that we have been able to make. Uh, so we'll talk about that for members of our Parent Savers Club. You can vi- For more information on that, you can visit parentsavers.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi, Parent Savers. This is Jody with Urban Sitter, a website that connects you to friend-tested sitters. I'm here to help you figure out the right questions to ask when searching for a babysitter, such as, So, I used a sitter. Nobody's dead. Should I use her again? The first time you leave the sitter alone with your kids, make it for a short time. That way, if anyone melts down, including the sitter, it's short-lived. Does the sitter wash the snack plate? Is the plate in the sink? Or did she leave it on the ground with ants marching towards it? Are the toys put away? Or did she offer to help put them away? Was TV allowed in your household? And was it on when you got home? So if your child can talk, this is great input, but when a child is too small to communicate, you have to look for the details. Is the baby's diaper wet? Although I have to admit, it is sometimes hard to tell if you're not mom. If everything appears to have gone smoothly, go ahead and try it for a bit longer. Don't worry, it's completely normal to check your phone every two seconds to see if the sitter called. When my husband and I went out for the first time after our daughter was born, I set my phone right in the middle of the table so I could see if the sitter was gonna call. And we joked with our waiter about how paranoid I was. He even bought us a bottle of wine. What a great way to top off the night. Okay, parent savers, it's time to say hello to your old friend Spontaneity. Visit urbansitter.com to find and book babysitters your friends know and love. That wraps up our Parent Savers for today. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to check out our sister shows, Twin Talks for Parents of Multiples, The Boob Group for Moms Who Breastfeed Their Babies, and Preggy Pals for Expecting Parents. Uh, next week, we'll be talking about homeschooling toddlers. A lot of people think homeschooling doesn't start till school age, but there's actually steps you can take 
with your toddlers to start that process as well. Uh, so that should be a great topic. This is Parent Savers, Empowering New Parents. Thanks so much for listening. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit newmommymedia.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.